0: This is James Lindsay. You're listening to the New Discourses podcast. And i was going to tell you a little story. So I just got back from Madison, Wisconsin. I got invited up there to do a talk. I think it was a pretty good talk. Talked about how critical race theory is race Marxism. I think I make the case rather solidly. Some of you will know I've mentioned I've got this book that I'm writing. It's almost done, at least in first draft. I want to get it out soon, if possible. And the book is about it was supposed to just be about critical race theory, and I just came to the conclusion just in the process of writing the book down that there's no avoiding the fact. It's not just that critical race theory is related to Marxism, it's that it is race Marxism. And so I hope the book is going to be a pretty comprehensive case of that, or for that, to make that case. And then most of the talks I've been doing since I started writing the book, including my series that I did in Tampa, so everybody can look forward to those videos coming out soon to see what I said, um, and my, my first official new discourses only event, um, which was wonderful, by the way, I think it makes the case pretty conclusively. So you can look forward to that. It it should anticipate the book. It should mirror the book. And I hope you'll be interested in the book when I finally get it done and edited and out. But that's not the point. The point was that I was in Madison and Madison, Wisconsin, you'll probably realize has been in the news a little bit lately because there is that rock on campus, so-called Chamberlain Rock. It was named after a geologist who studied the rock. It's some kind of dark colored rock. Uh, Not that dark, but whatever, 42 ton boulder, some kind of glacier moved it there, left it on some hill on the campus of the University of Wisconsin at Madison. And somehow it was unearthed that in a news story in the 1920s, in 1925, if I'm not mistaken, this rock was referred to as an, and I'll say it this way, N-word head rock. And therefore, obviously, there's systemic racism tied in with the name of the rock. And everybody now that they're aware of this, even though they've spent 100 years on campus not being aware of this, everybody who's now aware of this rock being racist is made uncomfortable by the rock. So to make the University of wisconsin at madison which is surely one of the most inclusive places on the planet except maybe not because it's hyper progressive of course but to make the place more inclusive they removed the rock at a cost of over fifty thousand dollars and they moved the rock down by the lake um lake kagosha or something like that kagona something like this one of these Wisco- very Wisconsin names, um, Kagansa, that's what it is, Lake Kagansa. So they move it down by Lake K- Kaganza, and there is this news report of where they move the rock. And so I was in Madison, and I met up with some of my friends from uh, Mythicist Milwaukee, that group. They drove over to meet with me while I was there in Madison, and we went on a quest to find the rock. And we went to the spot that the the news indicated that the rock had been moved to with a geolocation tag, and there's this after the off the side of this park on the lake, and lo and behold, there's this trail, leading exactly in the right direction. So we w- become very excited, pick some wild grapes. They were sour. They were no good, but anyway, we walk back down this path. I don't know several hundred yards to the spot where the geotag was guess what no rock the rock's not there so this is a lie so we wander around further we follow the trail to its end which just literally just ends i don't know why the trail exists it just eventually ends uh nice pretty views of the lake right along the lake shore no rock no rock anywhere so we make our way back we call the university we ask them where is the rock they don't know They have no idea. So we ask to be forwarded to the geology department thinking maybe somebody in the geology department knows they never answer. And so we look at the map and we pick the next park down and we drive over to this park and we do no rock. And so we're kind of driving around trying to figure out what to do. And we find this bar, great little, I love this bar fish on the walls. Everything is just awesome. Walk in, it's like, you know, it's like you feel like weirdly at home. It's like the place, like cheers came to life. Walk into this bar and we start asking about the rock. Now, first thing to know is like every down home Wisconsin, 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 person from Wisconsin, Wisconsin, whatever, every Wisconsiner, is it -er? Wisconsiner, there is like kind of annoyed that this rock is racist how is a rock racist? This is stupid. $50,000 moves the rock, but nobody knows where the rock went. And then this guy suggests, he thinks he knows where the rock went, but I had to give my talk in Madison. So we didn't have time to drive all the way around to the other side of the lake and check to see if the rock was there. So we never found the racist rock. Now this story is pointless. We don't have to tell the story. The point was that there's a rock that's racist because of critical race theory, having been applied to the analysis of a story about a rock from literally 97 years ago, 98, 96 years ago, something like this, where the N word was used in conjunction with talking about the rock in one story in one newspaper ever, almost a hundred years ago. And now, for the students to feel safe and included on campus, even though nobody knew that the rock was racist before this was unearthed, they had to move the rock, and then they. Somebody's lying about where the rock is because we went to where they said the rock is and the rock isn't there. We never found the rock. But this is the thing. You have a rock that's racist. We recently saw that being outside is racist. Having dogs is racist. We saw that healthcare is racist. We, in fact, have apparently a syndemic of racism, systemic racism and COVID, where there are two pandemics that are coinciding together with the social impacts of one, teaming up with the physical and medical impacts of another. Medicine is racist. The names of certain fish are racist. Some birds are racist. Everything is racist, right? Because if critical race theory makes everything racist. then, you know, you come to this conclusion, you finally believe, surely everything must be racist, but lo, right before I went to Wisconsin, we discovered something that is not racist, we discovered the first thing ever besides critical race theory that's not racist. So now we have two things that are not racist. We already knew critical race theory because that's allegedly anti-racist is not racist, but everything else is racist except this one thing. So here's what happened in the week preceding, Some brilliant troll thought of this idea. I mean, it was blatantly obvious. People have been talking about it for most of the last year. People who believe that vaccine passports were coming. People believe that vaccine passports were going to be racist because, quite obviously, you know, because of the Tuskegee experiments and so on, and because of the actual vaccination rates and because of um, COVID rates, that it's very unlikely that... uh, Latino and black populations were going to have as high of vaccination stats as whites or Asians or whatever, whoever the white adjacent people of the day are. And so it's, it's been known that vaccine passports, if they tried to implement and enforce these, these passports that say you can't go in to get to a restaurant, maybe you can't go grocery shopping, maybe you can pubs, restaurants, travel, subway, airplanes, taxi cabs, participation in everyday life, that you're going to have to have a vaccination passport in violation of the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution to be able to participate in everyday life, that these were going to have, according to the left's definition, systemic and institutional racist outcomes. You were going to disproportionately exclude black especially and Latino populations from full participation in everyday life and in an an attempt in the violation again of the fourth amendment to coerce them into getting vaccinated against their will and everybody could see this coming so some clever trolls thought up these these memes that you know indicated you know shows like a black guy looking all miserable and it says something like Um, you know, I couldn't travel today or I got laid off today or whatever. And then it has like a little black lives matter, like logo on it. And it you know makes it, it's all fake, but it's funny. The satire indicating that the vaccine passports are disproportionately excluding black people, say in New York city from daily life. If I'm not mistaken, I just saw the New York times thing come out today and said that something like only 27%, it's something terrible, um, that the disparate, even the New York Times is admitting there's going to be a massive disparate impact on different communities of color because of the vaccine passports that de Blasio is mandating in New York City, the vax pass or whatever he's calling it. And so these memes start coming out. And so I thought these memes were brilliant, of course, and I immediately started to share them. Um, I didn't just retweet them. I would download them and share them again with just words like LOL, or this is perfect, or these are brilliant, or something like that. And then um, I started to make some of my own. I just kind of riffed on the same theme, and so I started putting those out. These are brilliant, these are great, blah, blah, blah. And then Twitter banned me for 12 hours for what they said was spreading vaccine misinformation, or sorry, COVID misinformation. They said it shared misleading information about COVID-19, blah, blah, blah. So I'd been locked out of my account for 12 hours. They didn't tell me which tweets were offending. They didn't tell me at all. They just locked me out for 12 hours. Okay. Now I've been locked out of Twitter for 12 hours a few times, and sometimes they've told me why, and sometimes they haven't. Um, And in this case, I've also been shadow banned. Uh, I've been more shadow banned and more shadow banned recently. And I'm assuming that it's something connected to some of this, but at any rate, they locked me into my account for 12 hours for spreading COVID misinformation. And um, it turned out that the reason that I was locked out was one of those memes. But these memes didn't share COVID information. They said that that the vaccine passports are systemically racist. That's a very different thing from spreading vaccine or COVID misinformation on their definition. So this is now that Twitter didn't ban COVID misinformation, which I don't think they really have a right to do anyway. You can say private platform, whatever. I think it's terrible that they're doing it. That's my own opinion about that. They didn't censor what they believe to be COVID misinformation or vaccine misinformation. However, they banned a political, satirical, political opinion about vaccine passports that didn't contain COVID misinformation. So I got locked out for that one for 12 hours without knowing why I got locked out and I'm forced to delete the tweet or try to appeal it. Many people have told me that they've been locked out. Many, many other people have been telling me they've been locked out for sharing those same memes and some of them challenged it. And of course, this is sometimes a days long appeal process when you're locked out the whole time while they appeal it. And then uh, the Twitter came and said, oh, we made a mistake in the end other people just took the hit and confessed and deleted the tweet which is also what i did probably against my better judgment um but then i got locked out again but not for 12 hours just until i deleted a tweet and then a third time and then a fourth time i assume because i shared about a dozen of these that i'll be locked out yet again so so twitter is now banning people for sharing satire but also for sharing a political opinion that vaccine passports are systemically and institutionally racist, which is a matter of fact, according to the definitions that are on the side that Twitter also sides with, they are. And this is a different thing. So now we have a couple of things to talk about. One is, as I kind of humorously said at the beginning of this podcast, that that the vaccine passports are systemically racist. And we now know that Twitter doesn't want people to know that. And by extension, we can assume somebody brought more broadly within the so-called regime or the cathedral or the overstate or whatever doesn't want people to know that they don't want people thinking that the vaccine passports are systemically racist when in fact they actually are according to the definition that we give. They do, as Ibram Kendi would put it, they are a racist policy that will have racist outcomes put in place by presumably racist people. So they meet. I mean, I don't think that's a very good definition of racism, but that's Kendi's definition of racism. If we use Kendi's other point, that if it produces racially disparate outcomes, then it's racist. That's what he said was going to be in the anti racist constitutional amendment he wanted to pass is that disparate outcomes are proof of racism. That was one of the two principles that he said the anti-racist constitutional amendment should hold up and the vaccine passport would be in violation. So if we imagine that it's like, what would it be the 27th, 28th, something with like that amendment, the constitution, this anti-racism amendment, it would be in violation, not just of the fourth amendment, but also that amendment. But Kendi has not yet spoken up about the systemic racism in the vaccine passports, of course. But now we've not only have we found something that's not systemically racist apparently, even though it clearly is, vaccine passports, finally we find something other than critical race theory itself that's allegedly not systemically racist. Everything else in the world, words, books, Dr. Seuss, Shakespeare, the curriculum, the police, the military, the United States itself, probably the flag, everything you can think of, fish the names of fish, birds, the names of birds, looking at birds, going on hikes, a rock in Madison, Wisconsin, basically everything anybody ever said, all racist, master bedrooms, just had a whole thing about that on Twitter again, how the master bedroom is a racist concept because it reminds people of slavery, even though it was a 1926 Sears catalog where they came up had nothing to do with slavery, it still reminds people of slavery, so it's still systemically racist everything in the universe is systemically racist except vaccine passports. They're not weird exemption, weird violation of a otherwise universal principle. And then secondly, we have Twitter censoring political opinions that are not misinformation about a virus under the pretext that they're misinformation under about a virus. By the way, Twitter very irritatingly gives you a list of the rules so you can review the rules when they lock you out of Twitter. And so I clicked on Twitter rules, and it doesn't even mention the rule against COVID-19 misinformation. It has all these different rules that you could be banned for, and the COVID-19 one's not even there, but that's the one that they banned me for. That's one they banned other people for. I've been locked out of my account four times this week, and I have maybe a dozen of these things I've shared, so I'm probably going to get locked out again uh, many times, and they may permanently ban me from Twitter at some point for all these confessions of repeated bad behavior that I made that they're telling other people when they appeal them were mistakes. But for some reason, there's something going on here that they don't want people to realize that critical, or sorry, that vaccine passports are, according to the definition of critical race theory, systemically racist. They don't want their own tool used against them. And there's a lot that can be derived from this because the whole rationale behind, why we're supposed to care about systemic racism. Why we're supposed to adopt critical race theory, why we have to care about the so called honest teaching of history that they say critical race theory actually is. that we're When people want to ban critical race theory or stop critical race theory or argue against critical race theory or say critical race theory is wrong. They say you just don't want to teach people the truth about racism. You just don't want people to think about systemic racism. You want people to ignore systemic racism. You don't want to teach racism. This is what they say. But then when we actually have one of the policies on their side of the aisle that they're very in favor of that's got a massive amount of social control and implicated in it, which actually is, according to their own definition, systemically and institutionally racist. They don't want people to know that. So what they're telling you is they don't want to they don't they're they're using minorities, right? They're making us pretend that they care about minorities, and that's why we have to have this so-called honest history blah, blah, blah. We have to teach racism, blah, blah, blah. That's what critical race theory is really about. And we have to care because otherwise minorities, blah, 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 not going to get a fair shake, whatever their fucking lie is. But they don't care because the vaccine passport's actually going to have, and in cities where it's being floated, is having, already is having these impacts. We already have companies, which aren't cities, which aren't the government firing people for not being vaccinated and saying they're going to mandate vaccines or fire people and we know that the vaccine rates are not proportional from one race to another so this is systemic and institutional racism in accordance with critical race theory this is Kendi's definition his own definition of racism racist policy has racist outcomes done by racist people. So we can also conclude that the people putting vaccine passports or mandates or whatever are also systemically and institutionally racist. They are racist people by Kendi's definition. And this is very strange because they don't want people to know that. They don't want people to realize that. They don't want people to talk about that. They don't want that idea weaponized back against them. And so on Twitter, I said, this is like that scene in The Hobbit If you haven't read The Hobbit, I'm just going to assume you've read The Hobbit. You need to read The Hobbit. Where Bilbo has now infiltrated into the lair of Smaug, the gold-red dragon that's terrorizing the Lonely Mountain and the the lake town and has destroyed the city of Dale and all of this. And he gets into the dragon's lair and he has this kind of battle of wits with the dragon and gets the dragon to show off how mighty and strong he is and happens to observe that the dragon's missing a scale. And the missing scale is his one weak point in this otherwise invincible dragon. You know, his teeth are swords or something, his claws are spears, his breath is death, His his body is tenfold shields, his scales are something, his armor is invincible. And here he's missing a scale. And in the plot of The Hobbit you know, Bilbo goes up and tells this story to the dwarves that he's traveling with. That's who owns the treasure under the mountain before the dragon stole it. He tells them about this. He tells them about the missing scale. A bird overhears it and the bird flies down. And when the dragon finally gets pissed off because Bilbo steals a big golden cup and he goes to ravage everything and he realizes they must have had the help of the people from the lake. And he goes down to destroy the lake and his vengeance and wrath. The bird comes down in the last instant and whispers to the to the champion archer and warrior of the town named Bard. There's a missing scale on the breast on this side, and Bard pulls out his magic black arrow. It's not magic, but his special black arrow that's never missed and has always come back to him after he's used it to do whatever he does. And he fires the arrow in a mighty shot and goes right into the hole, slips right in through that spot, pierces the dragon's heart, kills the dragon, and then, in a sense, the entire, like, climax of the Hobbit occurs short of the battle of five armies part next. And so now what you have is, is like witnessing the fact that that vaccine passports are systemically racist is like noticing that missing scale and they don't want people to know it. So they're kind of confessing that that's the missing scale. And so then what's blacks, what's what's Bard's black arrow that's going to pierce the dragon's heart is obviously poking this spot it's obviously making this thing be a question that can't dodge. People like Saki should be Pasaki, whatever, should be having to answer this question. Do you think does Biden think that the vaccine passports are systemically and institutionally racist? Will they produce inequitable outcomes? Journalists should be asking the press secretary that question. Ibram Kendi should be pressured into having to answer that question with a reminder of his own definition of racism. Joy Reid, Kim Crenshaw, these fools should be asked this question. Mark Lamont Hill, get him to answer the question. Are the vaccine passports systemically racist? Present the case that they are because they obviously are according to their definition. If you don't like using the systemic racist definition to play on their terms, I get you, I follow you, call them institutionally racist. They will have disparate impact. Disparate impact is, according to current Supreme Court jurisprudence, proof of discrimination. If you don't like that, which we shouldn't, there should be intention involved, Maybe we should change that jurisprudence. And then, of course, the diversity, equity, and inclusion program everywhere basically falls apart. Kendi's whole definition of anti-racism becomes nonsense. Or just racism, anyway. This is the arrow. This is a very important point. We should be talking relentlessly right now about the fact that the vaccine passports are, in fact, systemically and institutionally racist, and we should be agitating to get the people in charge, whether that's the White House press secretary, whether that's some talking head on MSNBC like Joy Reid, whether this is some talking head like Mark, Mark Lamont Hill, whether this is some talking head like anybody out you want on CNN, these people, the more that this question mainstreams, the more of a thorn in their side they have given themselves. They want the vaccine passports. Oddly, strongly, we all know that they're a backdoor. We all know, if you're thinking about it for five seconds, that they're a backdoor to a social credit system. Once you can approve people's behavior based on some kind of a status tracked in their phones, you can very easily start attaching other things to what constitutes valid behavior. Now, you're not just Now, giving them tracking, you're also attaching their ability to participate in daily life. Once you normalize that idea, we're headed straight to the the Chinese-style social credit system. Then we're really stuck. If that happens, by the way, you're not showing up to a school board to protest critical race theory or queer theory or all this weird stuff they're doing, not even weird, evil stuff they're doing in the schools to your children because your social credit score will take a ding and you won't be able to buy groceries that month or something or you won't be able to travel, you won't be able to visit your family, you won't be able to leave your house, you won't be able to do a lot of different things if we end up with a social credit system, you won't be able to protest anything that they're doing. Absolute control. And they don't want people to realize that at the moment of this inception where it is a vaccine passport based on the conditions that they themselves have created, that the vaccine passport is, is in fact systemically racist by their own definition. They don't want people to know that the more that story mainstreams the more they have to twist the better now people have replied where i put this on twitter and i'm trying to push for this already people have replied they said well they'll just make an exemption for black people or whatever because of systemic racism good make them make that argument make them make the discrimination transparent make them show that they're willing to make that double standard and then let the latinos argue where's ours the Native Americans, where's our exemption? People with medical conditions, where's our exemption? Until the whole premise of a vaccine passport that's supposed to track every single citizen falls apart. Make them say, no, only whites and Asians have to get them. Make them say it. Push this issue. I cannot urge you hard enough to push this issue. We have found the one thing on earth that apparently is not systemically racist other than critical race theory itself and that one thing is vaccine passports which anyone with eyes and anyone with brains can tell you is both systemically and institutionally racist and for some reason twitter decided that saying that even in satire is bannable is suspendable behavior is covid misinformation They don't want that narrative catching on. They want people like me to be afraid to share those memes again. So I've been locked out of my account four times in something like four days. That means that narrative is very, very important. That means that fact is very, very important. That means that the people who are in positions of power, like Pisaki or whatever her name is, like Kendi like Joy Reid, need to be pushed on this question again and again and again and again until they either have to give up on their program or they have to start making special exemptions that make it look transparently false and political. This is a tremendous moment, if you don't realize it, in the Stupid Culture War. This is a tremendous moment. I don't exaggerate at all when I compare the regime to a dragon like Smaug in The Hobbit and that we've now seen a place where there is a missing scale. They, don't, they do want vaccine passports and they don't want people to know that they qualify as systemically racist and Twitter is just making a targeted mistake again and again and again and again based on this troll that actually is more true than false. It's only trolling because it's holding them to their own standard of their stupid definition of systemic and institutional racism. And they don't want people to know that. Therefore, the people in the power, the dragon, they have to be asked this question again. And again, that's the arrow. And if that arrow hits, if they are forced in the mainstream narrative to reckon with that particular deal, if more and more people are hearing about it and more and more people out there who have imbibed upon the systemic racism narrative they're like yeah well this is systemically racist everything is all these things are that rock is That rock is systemically racist, blah, 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 systemically racist. Systemic racism is a major problem. They've imbibed that. They believe that. A lot of people believe this. They think it's absolutely crucial to how we think about society. This is their new sensibility in Herbert Marcuse's formulation. They think it's absolutely necessary that we think about these power dynamics in in, in real life all the time. And then all of a sudden here on this one thing, the power dynamic no longer matters. And you're talking about some red pills why does it not matter in this one case? Why is the vaccine passport so important that we can, we can violate the rule of systemic racism being bad for this? Everything else in the whole government is equity. Why does equity stop mattering for vaccine passports? Oh, and then we're going to carve out an exemption. Well, what's the point of a passport if there's an exemption? Why do only some people have to have them and not others? How does that hold up against civil rights law? All these questions come to the front. This is a crucially important moment. And so I urge anybody out there who is a journalist or connected to a journalist who might be listening to this. Get that question in front of as many of these prominent people as you possibly can. I can't think of a single thing that's more important in the short term than trying to push this question and trying to get it in front of as many people as you can possibly get it in front of. Um, So we didn't find the rock, but the fact that a rock is systemically racist, but vaccine passports are not systemically racist tells you a lot the fact that people couldn't feel included because of systemic racism on the university of wisconsin madison's campus because of this rock because somebody called it by a word that includes the n-word a hundred years ago in one article one time that everybody's forgotten until somebody dug it up that is so intolerable as a as a source of disparate impact that the rock had to be picked up and moved. And then wherever they moved it, they didn't tell us where they moved it. They made it very hard to find the rock. We spent the day looking for the rock. The lake is large, but it's not that large. Lake Kaganza is not huge. We just ran out of time before I had to be somewhere to go around to the other side of the lake to find the one spot that it might probably have been or possibly have been, but it wasn't in the spot they said so. That rock creates so much systemic racism that they would spend $50,000 to move the rock and then kind of hide the rock so that people wouldn't be able to find the rock. But vaccine passports, which intrude on everybody's freedom that probably are a violation of the fourth amendment to the constitution are supposed to be implemented by cities, by businesses, by the state. We got Biden floating the idea at the level of the federal government. All of this is somehow legitimate. And if you say, Hey, that's systemically racist, you get banned from social media. This is so, so important to point out. This isn't mere hypocrisy. This is a serious hole in their whole narrative. And it's a hole that can have something stabbed into it so easily and so effectively just by making people in positions of power either have to answer to it, which they won't, or to start lying around it. Ibram Kendi would be brilliant. Ibram Kendi should be pressured on this until he has to comment. Why is the vaccine passport okay? Give us a comment. You said this is what racism is. Give us a comment, Ibram. So take this thing very seriously. It's a very exciting moment. It's a very big opportunity. Of course, they're going to play it with their spins and everything else, but forcing them to play that game and to do these things and say these things is of incredible value. Whereas letting it go is just another example where they're stupid or inconsistent or whatever. Is a huge missed opportunity. So if you have the ability to press this question on people like Kendi, people like Jen Psaki or Saki or however you say her name, the president himself, if that's even possible, I mean, whatever, um, any of these big, you know, hosts on television, if you can get, even if it's just people like in the mainstream, like Tucker Carlson talking about it on big platforms where the question can no longer be avoided why is it that a rock? on the University of Wisconsin-Madison is so contributing to systemic racism that $50,000 have to be spent to move the rock and hide it from campus so that it can be more inclusive. But vaccine passports, which actually directly and obviously create disparate impacts by race according to their own definition are vigorously systemically and institutionally racist. That you can't even talk or joke about. That's a huge issue. People should be asking all the time. So go forth and ask. Push this question. It's a big deal. And with that, I'll catch you next time.